0: Jonah 1. Before we read out of Jonah 1, I kind of want to talk about this call um, that Jonah has. We're going to talk about this time. Actually, in fact, would you mind going to that picture of me and my sister? It's the two young people. I know that's a little bit ahead of time, but I thought I would go ahead and put this on here um, as we kind of talk about this call. All right, so that's me, roughly four years old. Tried to find the picture of the wedding weekend, but I couldn't find it. And so I found this is my little sister. Um, so as we talk about this call, and we're going to read this call from Jonah, and we're going to talk about just kind of what Jonah did, I kind of want to set the scene for, we like to hide, right? Or we like to run away sometimes. And in fact, sometimes we think we can run away from God. Um, or maybe sometimes in our own life, we think we can run away from friends and family. When I was roughly four years old, it's like three or four years old, I was in a wedding in, uh, D.C., And one of the things that I will never forget was I liked to play hide-and-seek when I was a little kid. And what made this weekend very memorable at four and terrified my grandparents was I played hide-and-seek in Washington, D.C., and I didn't tell them we were playing. So I know some of y'all have those, or might remember those hotel beds that you used to be able to hide under them. You can't anymore, probably because of people like me. But when I was four years old, I hid under the bed for like at least an hour. It was that long because my grandparents were terrified. And I didn't tell them we were playing hide and seek because I thought it'd be funny if I hid from my grandparents and didn't tell them we were playing hide and seek. Um, Basically an hour goes on. I come out from the the hide and seek saying, hey, I was hiding, and they were terrified, and they were angry. Um, And I'll never forget that moment. And outside of that being a silly story where I hid from my grandparents, I actually did hide from my grandparents. We in our own life think, and we're going to learn through the story of Jonah, we like to think we can hide our sin from God. We like We can hide or run away from God, that if we're sneaky enough, maybe for some of us, you would say on Sunday mornings, in small group, you live a certain way, but at school, you live a different way, and you try to hide it. Because we think God doesn't see it, or at least if our church friends and parents don't see it, that we can get away with it. And we're going to talk about today the heart behind that. We're going to talk about the main point, if you will. Could y'all go to the main idea slide for me real quick? We're going to talk about this. We have three different points, but the main idea we're going to talk about before we read out of Jonah is the heart of God versus the heart of Jonah. And we're going to talk about that in three different ways. One being a point, can we run from God? Jonah thinks he can. We're going to talk about that. The second point, does God call us to, do something, to call us to do uncomfortable things? God definitely called Jonah to do something that was uncomfortable. It's part of the reason he tried to run from God. And three, we're going to learn about how Jesus came to end our running. This is a theme of running, not just because I like track, but because Jonah tried to do that. And so if we want to go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Jonah 1, 1 through 3, I'm going to read out of it, and then we're going to pray. Guys, I think you've heard me say this a lot, but you might not even remember the three points that I talked about today. But if you can remember that we were in Jonah 1, 1 through 3 and read that and see how God runs after us, you'll get a lot out of it. So every time I read God's word, I want us to pray because it speaks to us. Now, uh, starting in Jonah 1, 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it, for the evil has come before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. I'm going to pray and we're going to talk about that. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you love us. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in the gospel. Lord, thank you for those of us who are in Christ this morning. We're going to talk about that, that we can't run from you. Lord, even if we think we run from you because we're not in Christ. Lord, we know you are near. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Thank you for the hope that comes from Jesus. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to read part of that again, but I want us to go to the picture of that map. Because you might hear me saying, Jonah did these things and we don't understand what's going on. So if you knew the book of Kings, and we're going to talk about this map in a second, you would know the story of Jonah. Jonah, in fact, is in 2 Kings. He's a prophet, which means kind of like a pastor, but even more authority. Jonah could say things kind of like Elijah said it wasn't going to rain, and it didn't rain. He had that authority. Jonah, the Lord used Jonah to do a lot of things in the kingdom of the north. So Jonah was known. Jonah was definitely a known figure. And God says this. It says at the beginning, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Normally, when you hear that in the Bible, the word of the Lord came to a prophet. Normally they go do what's right. Normally they go on, they act on behalf of God and do the right thing. The reason I have this map up, I'm going to read it. So see Nineveh on the far right? That's where Jonah was supposed to go. He was supposed to go there. He knew exactly where it was. And we're going to talk about why he doesn't do this. But if you look at the bottom, that's what Jonah does. When I, when I read this again, Jonah is running from what God told him to do. So I'm going to read this one more time, and you can kind of follow it. So God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. So look where it's going on the map. Um, so he paid fare and went down to it to go away with them to Tarshish, away with the presence of the Lord. But first he went down to Joppa, found a ship to go there. So you see him going down, going down. In fact, I think some of you have heard the story of Jonah. And when we get to him being in the belly of the fish, Um, We won't get too much in the technicality, but even in Hebrew, it's meant that he's getting farther and farther away from God. So I have a question for y'all this morning as I continue to talk about this first point of can we run from God? Have you ever done something, or maybe God has told you to do something, and you were so afraid of that situation, you went away from it? Maybe a parent, or maybe someone encouraging you in faith told you to maybe befriend someone at school, or maybe you see someone being bullied, or maybe... There's, we're going to talk about mission trips. Maybe there's a trip for you to do and you're scared. If you're like Jonah, which Jonah relates to a lot of us this morning, sometimes God calls us to do something and we see how big it is. Like we talked about with Jericho, maybe you literally see how big a wall is or how scary that situation is and you run from it. What we can learn from Jonah, which blows my mind, is Jonah literally, like I said, like all the prophets did incredible miracles. Like Elijah, this isn't Jonah, but Elijah called fire down from heaven. Like prophets did really powerful things. So why is Jonah afraid of what God's called him to do? We're going to talk about this, that this morning. But what I want us to see in what Jonah's doing, and maybe in our own life, maybe we think when we sin. God won't love us, so we run from God when we sin. Maybe when we do something, we don't go to God to pray because we're afraid of him. Maybe we treat God sometimes like that parent we're, we're afraid of. Hopefully you're not afraid of your parents. Um, I was afraid of my dad, but I think a lot of y'all know my story with just my parents' divorce. I didn't grow up in an environment where I could go to my parents. Hopefully y'all have that, but if you don't, maybe we treat God that way where when sin happens, when you do something wrong, you try to hide it and run as far as you can. Maybe you did something in school, and you don't want anyone to know, and you hide it. We all like to hide things. That's basically what Jonah is doing here. He's trying to hide from the presence of the Lord. So what I want us to see, first off, is Jonah thinks he can get away. He's made a plan. He's gotten a ship, and he's going to go. He's going to go far away from what God's called him to do. Now, this might be a little bit of a spoiler, and I'm not going to get fully into it. But God cares so much about Jonah that Jonah can't run from God. In fact, we're going to read how God cares so much about what he's called Jonah to do that God is going to take Jonah to Nineveh. A little bit of a spoiler, but God is going to take Jonah to Nineveh because he loves Jonah so much. Jonah can't hide from the Lord. We think we can hide from the Lord. Jonah tried it. Jonah can't. In fact, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve later who thought they could hide from God. But I want to get to our next point. Does God call us to do uncomfortable things? Because that's what God is calling Jonah to do. Now, you may not be familiar with Nineveh, but I'll put it this way. Think about someone you may know that you just can't stand. No names, don't say anything out loud, but think of someone, you see them, maybe you get anxious, maybe you get angry, whatever it may be. You just can't stand being around them. God was calling Jonah to go to a people group that Israel did not like. And in fact, they didn't like them because they were very mean to Israel. They captured some of their people. They were at war with Israel. It was not like these were people Jonah was excited to talk about or talk to. And in fact, what makes this more uncomfortable is sometimes when a prophet is called to do something, they might write a letter and send it to someone so they don't get face-to-face time. Sometimes prophets would say things and not be in the same spot. The book of Jonah is different because God's doing, imagine this in your life. God is telling them, hey, the people you can't stand, the people you may be afraid of, the people that you're angry with, I'm telling you to go to their capital city. So, you know, let's take the World Series. Like, you know, it'd be like, hey, uh, I'm a Rangers fan. So it'd be like, you know, me going to Houston in the heart of Houston and giving them a proclamation about the Rangers. But even more importantly, it's about God's word. And he's coming to tell these people who have been living far from God that they need to get right in their hearts, that they need to repent. Imagine how scary that would be for you. Maybe you have people that you know aren't following the Lord. I have family members that aren't following the Lord. And it's always hard trying to talk to people who don't love God about God. It is always hard and uncomfortable. But God is with Jonah, and he's telling them to do it. So guys, how could we do that? Can you go to that next slide for me? Some of y'all may have seen this picture before. Some of you were in this picture. This was a picture of Mission Dallas this summer. Uh, so some of you are in it, some of you are not. Um, we have a missions expo today, and ironically enough, we're talking about mission. So some of you were in this picture, some of you weren't. But guys, even think about how we can serve our city. Think about how God is calling us to Dallas. This was actually not far from us. This is with Casa Del Lago, but we also did stuff with Mercy Street. Some of y'all heard of So imagine this, maybe God is calling you this summer to serve in a mission trip. Maybe none of you have served in a mission trip. That makes you uncomfortable because you're gonna hang out with people that you don't understand. You're gonna be called to maybe do things. Like I know um, we had to pick up trash in 100 degree weather over the summer. That was brutal and that was hard for some of our group. Maybe God calls you to serve in that way, to do something uncomfortable. We're going to talk about mission trips. Um, We have a few. Your parents might go see it. I'm definitely going to be going and working the booth after this, but maybe God's calling you as a family to go to the Bahamas. We did that with some of y'all a year and a half ago. Maybe he's calling you to go to Africa or some of your siblings to go to Africa. God calls us to do things to share um, about how good he is. And can you go to that second slide for me again about does God call us to do uncomfortable things? It's a great picture, but I just kind of wanted us to visually see that. But guys, put it this way. Those are things that maybe God's calling us to do for a season, right? A mission trip is like a week. And it's really easy to serve for a week and then be done. Maybe God's calling you to do things in your school. Imagine um, if God was calling your family to stay in Dallas, but move to West Dallas. Maybe God was calling you to move to a different school. Maybe God's calling you to befriend someone in your school that you don't know that well. And they actually don't know anyone that well. And maybe they're a little quirky. Maybe they don't have a lot of friends. Maybe God's calling you to do something long-term, including befriending people who are different than you. Because that's basically what we're going to see with Jonah. God's calling him to give this message about the gospel. And as we talk about God's heart versus Jonah's heart before we get to our final point, here's what I want us to see as we keep talking. So first off, Jonah didn't have the heart of God, though he's a prophet of God. God was calling him to tell the good news to these people who were wicked. In fact, at the beginning, God's basically like, he says this. I'll read it out of verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So God allowed these people in his grace, we kind of talked about this with Jericho, to for a long time be evil. And he let them be evil knowing he was going to bring them hope. And he was wanting their heart to change for God. In fact, he's telling Jonah to go because he said, these people are acting evil. I love them. I want their hearts to change. Our hearts don't always want to see that. And I gave you different examples of that because maybe you can't imagine wanting to give that person the hope of Jesus. Maybe for you, that's what Jonah's doing. Maybe for you, you can't stand someone so much you don't want them to have God as their savior. And what we're going to talk about in our final point is that, guys, God changes our hearts to be more like his because we have a heart like Jonah. We want to do things that are comfortable. We want to do things where we don't have to worry about uncomfortable conversations. We don't want to do things that may bring conflict or maybe make us feel awkward because we tend to do things that we love to do. Our hearts are kind of like this way. There's a guy named Calvin who basically says that our hearts produce idols. What that means is our hearts think about things that we like. But I want to challenge y'all with a quote I didn't read earlier, and we're going to get to our last point. There's a guy named Abraham Kuyper, and he says it this way as we think about what it means to be on mission. He says it this way, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. So what am I just reading outside of reading a quote from a guy named Kuiper who I like? Um, guys, what it means to be on mission and what Jonah didn't understand about the heart of God is everything we see. You know, if you want to be like Lion King and everything that the sun touches, you know, everything we see belongs to God. And so how do we interact with people who may not know that? Jonah was so angry at people who didn't know God, he wasn't patient with them and he ran away from them. How do we interact with people who don't know God? How do we interact with people who know God, but they're not acting the way they're supposed to be? I think that's probably most of us in this room. We would say we grew up in the church, and we might know people who have grown up in Sunday school, but they're not acting the way they're supposed to be. How do we interact with them? We're going to learn a lot about the heart of God from this last point. So the final point I want to read is, Jesus came to end our running. So there's a theme you'll hear in the Bible, especially as you get older. You know, we kind of talk about Adam and Eve, and we call Jesus the second Adam. I was listening to a guy named Paul Tripp as I was prepping for this, and he said a point that I, I really agree with, that Jesus is the better Jonah in this situation. That Jonah ran and hid from what God had for him because he was scared. In fact, we, I talked about Adam and Eve. If some of y'all have grown up in the church this morning, you know that Adam and Eve sinned and they ran from God. They tried to hide from God. And what we learned in that story is they can't hide from God. Jonah tried to hide from God. He couldn't hide from God. But we try to run from God because of our sin. Now, Jesus being better than Jonah, the better Jonah, the better Adam, Jesus doing what we couldn't, came to a people group that couldn't stand him. You know, God's word says that we were enemies of God. He went to a people group who did not like him and rejected him. Imagine that. Imagine voluntarily signing up to go somewhere. I gave you examples, but imagine you switch schools and you switch schools and the people there didn't like you. The people didn't like you before you got there, and the people were very mean to you the whole time you were there. It's kind of what Jesus signed up for. In God's Word, it says that everything was made through Him and by Him, and He knew that the world was going to sin. He was there when Adam and Eve sinned, and He knew that on our own, because we sin, we're going to try to run from God's presence, that we're going to try to run away from Him. But Jesus came and lived a life that was perfect because He knew we would run, He didn't run. He didn't run from the challenge set before him. And in fact, um, God's word tells us over and over again that he looked ahead to it. And it isn't that he loved it. Um, Because if you read in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweated blood. He was so anxious about what was about to happen. But he loved us more than he loved the uncomfortable thing. He loved us more than the thing that maybe made him anxious. He wanted us to have a relationship with God. And so Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. And I think we know that. I think a lot of us have grown up hearing that. But before I get to our questions, here's why that comes into play. If Jesus loved us so much that he came and died for us and rose from the grave, he came to give us a way to where we don't have to run from him when we sin. God's word says that when Jesus rose from the grave, that we had God's spirit in our believers. It's called the Holy Spirit. He's a part of the Trinity. And here's where that comes into play. Jesus... Knew on our own, we couldn't do it. That we would run every time there was conflict. That we would run from what God's called us to do. But the more we delight in God, maybe for you, eyes on me because we're about done, maybe for you, there's a moment in your life where you know Jesus came into your life and he changed your heart. You know, for me, I always give an example of when I was on the football team in eighth grade and I wasn't a believer and my language didn't reflect that. I didn't say things that were good. I'm not proud of that. I just, that was my vocabulary. And then God changed my heart. And I remember my friends even telling me, hey, if this is what you want to do, your life needs to reflect that. And I remember like how I was before God entered my life and how God changed my heart. And I wanted to change because I felt loved and accepted by God. Guys, that's what we're going to talk about before we finish. If you think God has changed your heart, maybe you know a time in your life where you would be like, of course I love God for all he's done for me. That calls us to act like Jesus in this situation. It calls us to love people who may be hard for us to love or maybe don't know the Lord. And if that doesn't make you sad that they don't know the Lord, I would challenge you to pray about that. Because Jesus did it because our sin broke his heart. It broke his heart because we were far from God and our sin made us farther from God. And the only way we could stop running from God is Jesus' death and resurrection. And so if you believe that this morning, if you would say that God has changed your heart, I wanna challenge you to pray for your friends who don't know the Lord. I wanna challenge you to encourage them. Maybe invite them to something going on at the church. But I wanna challenge you to go tell others about him because only hope is found in Jesus. And we're gonna learn that all through Jonah. Jonah tries to run from God. God brings him to Nineveh and God changes the heart of the people in Nineveh, because God loves those who are far from him, which God's words said we all were. So I'm going to pray. I have the questions that we're going to talk about, and I'll tell you how to do that in a second, but I have some questions I want us to reflect on after this. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll break you up. God, thank you for the hope that we have in the gospel. Lord, thank you Jesus didn't run when he could have, but Lord, he loved us more than the pain he was going to suffer. Lord, if we love you, may you change our hearts to break for those of us who don't know you. And Lord, may we know that we can't run from you. Your word says nothing can separate us, no height nor depth nor width. Nothing in this world can separate us if we are in Christ. And so if we're not this morning, may we reflect on that. But if we are, Lord, may we desire to know you better. It's your son's and we pray. Amen.